from the Tie Cats Audio Network. This is Tie Cats Today with Braden Neville. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tie Cats Today for this Friday, August the 25th, 2023. Joining me on the show today to talk about the upcoming game between the Tie Cats and BC Lions on Saturday night is Brian Simmons. Brian, it's a weird one here, a little bit of travel for the Tie Cats. 7 o'clock start our time, which means a 4 o'clock start out west. Brian, what are your initial thoughts heading into this game here? Well, first of all, I want to say, uh, as someone who's played that stadium many times, it is so nice for them to get a game that early. Because uh, mm-hmm. I was playing during the days where it was, you know, 10 p.m. our time, and we <laughs> come third quarter, we're falling asleep <laughs> out there, so... <laughs> I've always felt like they've had a home uh, field advantage. That's one stadium that I have never won a game at, Brad. Never won at that stadium. Really? Oh, yeah, it's just that it's travel, that long man. Of a career. It's just, yeah, 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 it's rough, man. It's rough out there. So, I mean, with that said, uh, you know, the guys, they, you know, they, they have a challenge amongst them. They really do, you know, and the way the, the aura has probably been around the team lately, you know, I know these guys, they, they're waiting to get a mm-hmm. win and, they're going into a team that, you know, let one slip away from them last week against the Riders. So, yeah, it's going to be a battle. Mm-hmm. It really is. But going into the game, uh, you definitely have to slow down that passing game. You know, uh, I, I know yeah. Vernon personally, and uh, I'm actually happy to see him succeed the way he's been doing you know, in his career as of late. But uh, you got to get pressure on him, and you got to get to him quick because he's another guy that's mobile. You know, in this league, you don't really mm-hmm. come across quarterbacks that are really just like statues. You know, everybody in the league now and in other leagues, that's just the way of the game. You got to have dual threat quarterbacks, and he definitely is one of them. Yeah, and, and Vernon Adams is a guy who can burn you both in the air. I, I mean, he showed that last week throwing for 455 yards, but he's also a guy who can get it done on the ground does that really we've talked about this with Dustin Crum and other guys but with Vernon Adams I feel like he may be the best dual threat guy in the league so does that just even more weigh in your mind about what this guy can do on offense both rushing and throwing the ball oh of course Braden I I definitely agree with everything that you just said uh I mean like I said most guys quarterbacks in this league they can do both of those things but I feel like he does both of those at just a higher tier than all the other guys, you know. Like, uh, guys can probably hang with him when it comes to throwing, but to be able to throw that well and move the way he does, you just you don't see that often. And mm-hmm. It's going to be a challenge for the guys because this is going to be different than Crum, you know. Crum yeah. is young, <laughs> still trying to find his way. So, you know, and he's not going to – I mean, I'm not saying not. I just don't see him throwing 455 yards, whereas with Vernon, you know, yeah. that's something that's possible, especially when they're at home and he has weapons to go to, you know. Do you think that uh, that obviously attests to not just Vernon Adams, but how good their O line really is? Uh, yeah, it does. It, it is, and I know statistically, I know they had a rough. I think they had a rough game as of recent, but mm-hmm. when a quarterback's throwing for four hundred fifty some yards, <laughs> something's working. It usually starts with those guys up front, you know. And and just the fact that they throw, he throws four hundred fifty five yards, three touchdowns, and they lose the game. I, I I mean it was a great game. I, I watched that one, but but I you know he's going to be hungry here coming off a loss and playing against a Tie Cats team that's well, let's be real here, struggled in the last few weeks. So yeah. a guy who's going going to be dangerous. Now he has two weapons or of uh, several weapons, but two that had a great game last week in Hollins and Whitehead. 
how do you defend against two guys who can put up close to 200 receiving yards in a game in the same game? I mean, in all honesty, Brandon, the best way to defend those guys is just don't even let them touch the ball. You know, that would be mm-hmm. the best way to go about it. But the thing is, it's hard to prevent that. So what it is is when, you, when those guys do get their hands on the ball, you have to get, you know, game tackling. Guys need to get to them quick. You know, don't let these guys get in open space. You know, you got to make them feel smothered. Because uh, eventually, mm-hmm. sometimes with players like that, you know, that's used to making big things happen, you kind of can take them out of the game if they feel like, okay, you know, these guys are all on me today, like white on rice. You know, I'm not going to be able to, to get anything going, you know. But yeah, those are the type of players that you just – you have to really – you have to pay attention to them. But at the same time, you got to be able to watch a quarterback that's a dual threat as well. Yeah, and, and just so many weapons on that BC offense. In your experience, coming off a loss, and, and especially a loss the way they did last week to Edmonton, as a leader in the locker room, what would you say to the guys uh, following a loss like that and heading into a game against such a strong team? Well, I mean, Brayden, I truly believe more games are lost than won. And I know you mm-hmm. can't go into each game saying we can't make any mistakes because no one wants to play with that kind of pressure. But I would just tell the guys to really – Look at the film and troubleshoot. You know, go and see what is going on. Why did I get beat on this play? What did I do? You know, when I played, um, I was uh, fortunate enough to play for Alan Rudolph, and he would always tell us, you know, when you get beat, it's not because this guy's Reggie White or Julius Peppers. It's usually mm-hmm. something that you did, you know, to allow that opportunity to be available. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like when you're struggling like this, you really have to do any and everything you can. If it's putting 30 uh, more minutes extra in the gym, you know, if it's running gases mm-hmm. after practice, it's like you have to really go above and beyond and dig deep. And just got to have guys that believe. And yep. it's going to be a challenge. Cause like I said, that's that's a place I've never won it. I've never won. I've been in some close games. Like I can honestly say, I mean, that's a great cup in- included. I've never wow. won in that stadium, but I've been in some very close games, and they have a challenge amongst them, but they can do it, though. It's just it's going to really – you got to take it baby steps. Like, they literally have to go back to ground zero and just work their way up. Yeah, and I think the message I've heard a lot of guys say is, whatever you're doing, do more because clearly that's not working, and, and I, I agree with that. Yep. Just whatever you can to get yourself to that next level – you were at the game against Edmonton. You saw how the offense had some difficulty performing. And mind you, the weather wasn't ideal, but one point in the second half is, is probably not nearly anything near what they wanted to do. Yeah. What do you think Taylor Powell should should maybe try, or is there anything different he should do in this game to try and get more points on the board? And it's not just Taylor Powell. It's it's that whole offense. But, but not, Taylor Powell, yeah. it starts with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say, and I'm glad you said that last part because it's not yeah. just him. Um, the offensive line, I know, I think they gave us seven sacks, and I want to say all of those sacks weren't on the offensive yeah. line, you know. <laughs> and I know to the average fan looking, they just like, oh, the O line's <laughs> horrible. But I will say one thing Taylor has to do is he has to make those decisions yeah. much quicker, you know. Uh, and he has to do, he, he made great decisions. I don't, he didn't have any turnovers, no, zero, yeah, no interceptions, correct, yeah. But yeah, but and he had percentage wise, he was pretty good. It's just, you know, the thing is, is those numbers look good. But how do they impact the game? The old line, they say, is is that one position that that doesn't get rewarded when it does well. But when it doesn't do well, you're hearing about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I guarantee you they had a hard, hard week of practice. And um, 
the one number one thing I say about offensive line, you just have to play with a sense of urgency. You know, if you play with a sense mm-hmm. of urgency, you're usually going to be in a, a good position to make things happen and get things done. But you can't be lackadaisical out there. Like, you can't. I mean, these guys are quicker than you, smaller than you, you know, faster than you. So you cannot be like that. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that's what the case was, but they know what they need to do. But yeah. with, as far as with Taylor, I would just say decision-making just got to be a little bit quicker. Like, and I understand this guy is – playing in a new offense you know like they're all playing in the new mm-hmm. offense i actually liked what i saw from it um i thought the run game looked much better you know and i feel like that's an offense yeah. that'll give these guys a chance to win going forward and why do you think i, I was going to mention that james butler had a monster game he was named the top running back by the pff ranking system last week on the cfl honor roll why do you think he was able to be mm-hmm. so successful in this game or in the last game, sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I think uh, this, this the scheme was different. Um, it looks like he was doing a lot of north running instead of like sweeps and stuff like that. When a guy mm-hmm. like him, you just want him to get going because he's a very solid, compact player. You know, he, he's yeah. a physical runner and he's quick and great vision. And he's just a guy like you could tell he was like happy to get those many touches and stuff. So I think mm-hmm. the guys, they can just keep that going and, and I will say this too as well. We also have to remember that uh, there were three field goals that were missed. True. Yes. Yes. You know, so that's nine points right there. So it's like you could the game could have always remained a one score game. And I that's I'm not trying to throw the kicker under the bus. <laughs> I'm just saying it's really a team. It's a team loss. It really is. Absolutely. And then you also look at that Tyreek McAllister return for a touchdown that gets called back for a hold on the play in the back. You know, you know what I mean? There's so many. Yep. If you take a lot of yep. those points, the Ticats could have won that game. I don't like to be the person to say could have, should have, would have if we did this because ultimately they lost the game. But if you do look at a lot of those plays, there's a lot of points left on the board there. You mentioned earlier, BC, when in your day going there was was difficult in the, in the travel, but just how much does that kind of weigh on the body? Traveling on a plane for four and a half hours, your three hours difference now in time, just is it that much on the mind and body? And, and what do what did you do in your career to try to adjust the best you could? I mean, honestly, I, I really don't have any good advice because... <laughs> If I were running things, <laughs> I probably sorry to sorry to pour salt in the wounds there. Like, let's say if if I was in charge, I probably would have had us go out there a little bit earlier. Um, and I understand it's not my money, not my budget, mm-hmm. so I'm not trying to count anyone else's pockets. But that's probably what I would have done to give guys kind of adjust and acclimate to it. Uh, being you know I was three fifteen, mm-hmm. three twenty when I used to play, and at that time I don't know how the Tacats travel now, but I know we travel commercial. So it's like not only is a five-hour flight, it's True. not really a comfortable yeah. flight because you it's you, um, a person, mm-hmm. you know, random person between you and another teammate. And it's like that's just not a comfortable flight. So it's like when you get there, you're trying to get all that out of you. Then you got to play this game yep. at 10 p.m. your time. You know, third quarter comes, guys yawning and stuff. It's just <laughs> I always say it's a, it's a home uh, field advantage. And I used to get mad. I'm like, when they come here, we should have a 1 o'clock game. You know, we should bump it up. <laughs> yes. But, uh, it's like I said, Brady. I would hate to be the person stuck between you and another lineman on a plane. <laughs> oh, it happened between with me and Peter Dykowski all the time. <laughs> and one guy, the, the guy was between us. He weighed about 260. So we were just stuffed in there, man. Uh, no, and, and I just wanted to bring that up to you because it is something a lot of the guys have been talking about, just how different these games and these travels to BCR. 
Tim White was a guy that I thought played tremendous in that game last week. And and just how important is it to keep him going here and, and have him have another big game and the rest of the guys on that receiving core. But most importantly, I feel like Tim White is a guy you want to see get going as much as possible. He's so important on that offense. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's really he's been like kind of on a little streak, just, you know, getting a lot more touches and stuff. And one thing I love about him is when he touches the ball, he makes things happen. You know, he's not just trying to, to get a first down. He's like, let me see how much more I can get, you know. So yeah. definitely keep him active. You want to keep him satisfied and hungry. And then when a guy like that is active, it opens up things for, for other others as well. Like I'm pretty sure his success actually helped open up the run game last week. You know, yeah. that's something for, that they had to think about. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, I think that really did open it up. I, I thought Scott had some great play calls. It was it, Obviously, it was in an easy situation for him. He didn't exactly have the most time to take over this offense and, and do stuff, mm-hmm. but you see him slowly implementing some changes here and, and some that I really like. Before we go, I just want to ask you, what's your thoughts heading into this game? What should this team be thinking Obviously, playing against a team that's pretty successful this year, just what should these guys have on their mind heading into this game against BC to try and be successful here? Well, I'll honestly say, Brandon, if this team has any uh, mindset or aspirations of playing in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. what better team to do that against than a playoff-caliber team? Like this Uh team, for sure, if they continue what they're doing, the BC Lions, they'll be playing in the playoffs and. In my opinion, like I said to you a few weeks ago, when you're a struggling team, playoffs start sooner for you. And they have to get some wins going into it because one thing about the CFL, and most leagues in general, but one thing I noticed about the CFL, it's really about the team who's streaking. I remember my rookie Mm -hmm. season in 2011, the BC Lions, they started out, I want to say 0-6 or 0-7, Braden. And they went yeah. on to win a great cup that year. Then they <laughs> went on like eleven game winning streak or something. It was crazy. Wow. Game, it was wild. But I'm just saying it, it's possible. Like anything is really possible. And then like the guys had that mindset and they just come together and just, you know, be in your books, be in your film. You know, the best football players, they study film and they know what's happening. Like once I became mm-hmm. a veteran in my career, I see formations. I'm like, okay, this blitz is coming, safety's coming yeah. here. It's like it just becomes easy for you, you know. And, over time, you'll see who's putting in the work and who hasn't been, you know, because I, I feel for the staff because I know that they're doing everything they can. I feel for the players because I know they're doing everything they can as well, too. But all you need is one. And then from your way on, just work it up from there, one game at a time. Well, Brian, as always, that's some great advice. And it's always a pleasure having you on the show. And and hopefully next week we can talk about another Ticats win. But great to have you on, Brian Simmons. Thanks again. All right, until next time, Brandon, take care.